Podcast Network Asia. A brand new episode of the Class Clown Podcast headed your way right now. For the first time ever, we do not have any guests. That's right. This will be my first time attempting a solo podcast. Actually, it, it, this isn't my first time attempting it. I have started and stopped a lot of recordings in the past trying to see if I can come up with a decent amount of content worthy of an upload and setting in go. <laughs> it just speaks to the amount of confidence that I, I actually have. Um, but a few days ago, I asked people online on my Instagram what they would be interested to hear if I do do a solo podcast. And I got a lot of interesting suggestions. Some of them were incoherent. Like that one person who asked for a solo pod about Sami Zayn. If you are a listener of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, I will give you exactly one guess who that Mark is who asked for a solo episode of Sami Zayn. One guess only, okay? That fucking Mark. But another person actually asked me about my comedy process. And... uh, (laughs) I have to say, I've been on like hindi naman sa sa oi dapat alam niyo to or dapat na nagyayabang ako. But I've been on many different shows, podcasts, interviews that have asked me these questions before, and I kind of thought that people already knew. But then again, that's kind of expecting that people pay attention to to what you do. Um, and I guess you could say that my comedy journey has been very interesting as of late. Uh, that is why I figured that if you didn't listen to those other guests, then it's a, good. I, I wasn't paid for those. I just did those as a favor. But this one, with all the codes that I have you use and all, all the plugs that I give out, so I thought that I might as well just talk about it here. In the 34, 35 episodes of Class Clown, I don't really talk about my stand-up. I don't really talk about who I am, uh, you know, as a person. And I, I guess that's where this show is, is weak at. There's no solid point of view. I, I only talk about what the guest is known for, right? or or what they came on to talk about, you know? And yes, we, we will continue doing that. We'll do a lot of things these, this season that I, I've i never really uh, done before. Uh, and we'll also continue learning, continue doing, you know? And this is one of those new things that we will try. So if you guys have, I don't know, a good hour, that joke lah. Uh, I don't know, I'm talking, uh, 15 minutes. 
Beyahin natin yung style ni Victor Anastasio dahil I've been listening to a lot of Sabayan with Victor now because I miss the Philippines. Oh, by the way, I'm still in the States. And uh, I just realized that this might actually be good, be cathartic, you know, for, for people who don't really have a lot of other people to talk to. So here we go. My name is Chidriel, and I started doing comedy. And why did I sound like uh, uh, I'm being interviewed by somebody? I'm just here alone. So anyway, I started doing comedy in 2008. Um, and the reason I started doing comedy was because in 2000 and before that, <laughs> I can't remember the exact date, they started showing all those late night uh, talk shows from the States. They might be Jay Leno. Conan O'Brien, and I found myself actually paying attention more to the monologues and if they had a stand-up comedian as a guest than, you know, the actual celebrities. Like, one night, Julia Roberts would be on there, but then right after Julia Roberts, they'd have a band. Before that, Jay Leno, Conan, and all those other guys, David Letterman, they would talk about what's been happening. They would crack jokes about it. It become super topical, and I was always interested by by the the crafting of a joke, right? How they can take something that's just there in the ether and, and form it into something funny and and original. I'm not sure they have writers, but in a sense, their delivery is what makes it, it original. So. That always interested me, but as for actually doing it, the idea never really came until 2008. See, 2008 was when Laugh 2 was born. Laugh 1 was a competition for aspiring comedians in the college level. And Jack T, and that's what gave us uh, Victoria Anastasio, uh, who won the whole thing. Uh, second runner-up done was Ryan Puno. Third place was Uli Oposa, who you may have seen. Red Olguero, also part of Nafapalooza 1. Trian Lawang of the Oymans. And dami, they were all on the college level for one degree or, or another. And they all uh, basically went through. Uh, Jack TV found that formula very successful and decided to open it up to the entire world, basically. Or you know, people who don't go to college like me. So that was perfect. I joined, and that's where I met guys like GB Labrador, uh, like Ryan Remsarita, like Dr. Nace Cruz, the winner of America Beats World Comedy Competition. Well, those guys who I continue to do stand-up to win until this very day. So I like how I was able to you know, make it as far as the semifinals because until then, I didn't really know what joke writing was all about. I didn't know what a premise was. I didn't know what the setup was, what a punchline was, what the rule of thirds were. And I guess if you're listening to this and scratching your head, these are very technical comedy terms. So I did you that alarm. But what I'm basically trying to say is if it weren't for the lessons given to me by Jack TV, by Comedy Cartel, by Tim Tayag, you know, I, I wouldn't be as good as I am today. Right? I'm not saying I'm good now. Uh, I still suck, but I would suck more, basically. And uh, <laughs> from there, I just continued doing open mics. 
doing shows, trying to do stand-up. Uh, as for my writing process, that's that's where things get interesting. See, when I started, when I auditioned, rather, for my spot in Laughapalooza 2, it was, I remember this night so well, there were only three of us at the venue. It, it started pretty late. It was set to start at 7. We, we actually started at 9. And I got on for about 10 minutes and then bombed horribly. Because I brought uh, material with me that was about um, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> I remember the first joke I told on stage had something to do with how ridiculous the prizes on Wheel of Fortune were. Diba, nagpapamigay sila ng kayak, ng RV, anong gagawin ng tao pag mahirap siya, diba? If, they, if that's their only consolation prize, ano, bibenta pa niya yung kayak. So, that was, the, that was the basic premise of the joke. And I did not get laughs. They were just staring at me. The people at the venue, Toys Cafe in Makati, they were just staring at me. And it was so jarring. So much so that if the person after me did it suck more? I wouldn't have been here. I would actually ha- have a different career. <laughs> I would actually not be doing stand-up and this podcast might not exist. So thank you, other guy, for being worse than me that night. Um, and that's when I got advice that kind of directed where my <coughs> sorry, my comedy was, was going to go because I was told to do a lot of, of fat jokes, right? Or just do one, a lot. They didn't say do a hundred fat jokes, which is essentially what I do now. They only said do one fat joke to break the ice. And yet for some reason, I took that to mean do a hundred fat jokes. Do only fat jokes. Don't even do other kinds of jokes. <laughs> And so that's how my career actually got started. It's still in that same path, to be honest. I'm still talking to you about how I only do fat jokes. You watch any of my sets, I guarantee you at least 90% of it is fat jokes. And there's a small chance that I will end with a fat joke and I will start with a fat joke. And it's it's hard because there was a time in, in my in my comedy life, I guess, where and I stopped doing fat jokes. And I was like, I'm not going to debase myself like this. I don't need to do self-deprecating humor to be funny. And then I stopped doing fat jokes and people said, nope, you need fat jokes. That's, that's just how life is. You don't want to be fat, you lose the weight. And that's essentially uh, how it's been going for me for the past uh, 13 years, uh, since 2008. Until now, we've only been doing fat jokes. I tell you, sometimes it's fun. I do a joke that actually works and people laugh. It makes me hard. It makes me, it it sends a tingle down my spine. It's a feeling like any other. But then if you do a joke that doesn't work, that's when you feel the lowest of the low. That's, That's what comedy does to you, you know? I try to, to write about different things in my set. Um, I try to write about my family, which is a big hit with a lot of people. 
because they also think I'm a fat ass. So that that's good. I also write about like how I grew up. My childhood was also not easy being fat. Essentially, it revolves around my weight and the issues that I I uh, have with my weight. You know, it's not really a solitary thing for me right now, but um, it inspires me. You know, it fuels my hatred. It allows me to write jokes that make me look like a jackass on stage. And and that's, I guess, where my inspiration comes from. It is tied into my frustration. And they they feed off one another in such interesting ways. I try and, and write about other things. And honestly, those other things never really work. But they're not really as popular as the other fat jokes that I've written. And it's it's a little sad, a little disappointing, to tell you the truth. But it takes a special kind of person to just write 15 fat jokes into a set. And I feel like I'm that special kind of person. Bombarding audiences with fat jokes. And some people may like it, some people may not. If you like it, then good for you. Hire me, please. If you don't, wait for the next comedian, right? It's like what we tell people at open mic shows. You, if you like the joke, you laugh. If you don't like the joke, you wait for the next joke. Uh, I think Mike Sabi was the person who said that. But um, that is essentially what's been going on in my comedy world. Of course, nowadays things are different because COVID happened. COVID came in at an interesting time when I was planning to make big moves, big big moves in the comedy world. I had a, a, a fucking pro- production unit outfit schedule mapped out for the start of twenty twenty. That had something to do with a comedy documentary, or rather a documentary tracking comedy around the world. Around the world. I was going to fucking seriously do that. Be a comedian on YouTube and just follow comedy wherever it takes me. So... That's actually one of the things I'm still looking forward to. But until then, you'll have me on this podcast. It's another outlet. It's a it's perfect outlet, in fact, for comedians. Because podcasting is also all about a point of view. And if you're a comedian, you've honed down your point of view. Unless you're me and then you don't know what you're doing. But if you're a comedian, you've already have you already have your point of view down, and podcasting is perfect for that. Right? Just listen to all the podcasts that Comedy Manila has out there. Right? You have Red Oliero with Bago Matulog, who interviews a lot of the people that he likes to talk to, right? artists and musicians and, and gamers, even. And then he you have Victor Anastasia with Savai and with Victor, and he just it's just like having a conversation with a friend, regardless if that friend is an actual artist or A-list celebrity or a fellow comedian even. You're just having a simple conversation with him. And then you have the cool pals who make you feel like you're part of their inner circle 
with their jokes and their banter and their humor and their insight. And all these things really just are highlighted when you do a podcast. And so I feel like this right here might be my home for the definitive future. For as long as people are stupid and don't wear masks and keep going out and governments fail to help people, we will still be on podcasts. The future is just podcasting 24-7, non-stop, 24-7 podcasting. People will just exist as audio soundbites. That is incredible. <laughs> that does it for this first ever solo podcast recording. Let me know what you think, guys. Hit me up on social media. We don't ads because this is, again, very experimental. If you have any more thoughts on what I'm supposed to talk about, if you want to get my insight on certain things, then please let me know on social media at Chino Supersize. Also, if you want to hear more of things like this, then please let me know by leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, which is a thing I use, uh, wherever you can find my podcast, please leave a star rating, five stars, sana, but no pressure, and a review of what you how you think I did, right? Until next time, where we return with actual guests on a Friday. These episodes will drop on a Wednesday. Friday episodes will be with guests. And until then, my name is Chino Liao. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>